0: The Black Ferns are unstoppable. Welcome in to the Black Ferns show on SENZ with Kirsty Stanway. It is great to be here with you today. And it has been an unbelievable five weeks of the Rugby World Cup. But finally, we have our two finalists, England taking on New Zealand, our hosts at Eden Park on the weekend in front of what will be a sold-out crowd. It was an unbelievable scene at Eden Park over the weekend. One of the greatest ever days in my career, Uh, It's hard to describe what that atmosphere was like, what that feeling was like with 20-odd thousand others in attendance with their poi swinging in the stands. The Black Ferns up by one with 20 seconds remaining. Down a player, Santor Tomata, was in the sin bin for a dangerous tackle. France had one chance to slot a penalty kick to win the match. Let's relive it here.
1: She pushed it wide, and now with just seconds remaining, Kennedy Simon she needs some support from her teammates. The Blackbirds bodies pile, in. they've got 10 seconds to wait for a hooter. France desperation to get hands on ball. Look at them piling in now. Now it goes. Coxage checks the time with the referee. Kennedy says, "Get rid of it." New
0: Zealand are going to the World Cup final. Yes, we are. We are going to the World Cup final. And what is a dream result for our nation, for the organisers of this tournament, the Rugby World Cup final will be between New Zealand and England. And what a day it'll be this coming Saturday. It'll be a celebration. Of all proportions, this transformational tournament for women's rugby across the globe. And we're heading to the grand finale. I just wanted to say thank you so much to each and every one of you for supporting the women's game. It has been so great to see all the support up and down the country, around the world uh, for this tournament. And I tell you what, we've been witnessing the best players in the game right here on our soil. It has been it's truly incredible. Uh, some of the greatest games of rugby, men or women that you will ever watch. So thank you so much for turning up. Thank you for buying tickets and thank you so much for watching on TV as well. You're sold out Eden Park this weekend. The organisers are furiously trying to get more seats on Eden Park so that more of you can get in. There's been ticks sent up and down the country. Uh, to former Black Ferns asking if they've got any more tickets this weekend. It is going to be an absolute doozy. And we've got a great show coming up for you as well. Today, we catch up with former Black Fern skipper and Spark Sport commentator Les Outer. Plus, we've got a two-time Rugby World Cup winning Black Fern legend Regina Sheck on the programme. So, great to get some legends of our game on here. And we've got UK sports broadcaster Laura Jane Jones coming back on to talk about those English Red Roses. Yes, the team that will be coming up against this weekend.
1: This is the Rugby World Cup Preview. Rugby World Cup on Spark Sport.
0: Well, today on the Black Ferns show, we've got our Black Ferns former skipper, Liz Alder. Liz, great to have you joining us today. And once again, congratulations on all your mahi for Spark Sport. You and the team are just doing such an amazing job. Uh, for you, how was that result on the weekend? Because what we obviously got from the television was a lot of emotion. What did it mean?
2: Yeah, it was very emotional and obviously the last 12 months in that environment and what we've had to come through after Year tour last year and then the start of this year, you know, um, I guess being a big part of that and, uh, you know, the back background meetings that happened and things like that and some people got turned out of the environment, myself included. So um, it was emotional and it was special and I was just so proud
0: if we talk about a few moments in that match uh, the final 15 minutes where the Black Ferns were literally holding on to the slimmest of slimmest leads one point at Eden Park what were you thinking how were you feeling yeah I mean I
2: I, I probably was getting a little bit frustrated I thought that we were actually playing into the hands of the French um, and I think their supporters would say the same about them I thought they had opportunities to actually take the game away um, but they didn't so I think both teams made it really hard on on each other and, and, you know, if we're we're being brutally honest, if that kick had gone through, Mm -hmm. we'd be having very different conversations right now.
0: Absolutely, we would have. And I think the entire nation for 20-odd seconds, all of our hearts stopped because we wanted it so bad. But in that moment, it was so hard to see Caroline Druin miss, wasn't it? Because she's such an outstanding kicker. And I think uh, from so many of our perspectives, you just feel for her, don't you? I mean, you've been there, you're a player, you know what it's like.
2: Yeah, and I think part of my emotion on Saturday night was that I was actually feeling for the French girls. You know, they've played nearly everything, I think it is, every single semi-final in World Cup history and they've never made a final so to carry that in that one moment I feel for Caroline um, but yeah there were opportunities for both teams throughout the game it can't be pinpointed on that but it's going to be a hard one for her to get through.
0: Yeah and we feel for her our thoughts definitely go out for her and that French side. If we look at the Black Ferns uh, for you what was uh, what was the genius move, what was the master stroke what do you think got the Black Ferns across the line in the semi-final?
2: Look, I think they identified that there was some space in behind their backline, and Renee Holmes tended to drop the foot, uh, drop the ball to foot, and go for the grubber kicks, which actually led to the Ruby two we try. So those were pretty um, critical. I thought our defence was outstanding, far better than it has been, even though it took a little while to get there. I thought our physicality was finally um, at a level that it's been in the past, and probably hasn't being tested much this, this campaign. So that physicality they're going to need to carry into this next game because England are a, a physical side and a lot bigger than France.
0: What can you say about our spark plugs? The, the woman that came off the bench and just upped oh. the tempo even more, the likes of Crystal and Luca and Aisha.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was a critical thing as well. That was a turning point. But the injection that, even though she got thin binned, Santo Tomata Mm. was having an outstanding game, and I thought that that was a questionable simbin. Um, Crystal Murray and the direct lines that she was running, Mm. you know, those girls added a massive impact. I would have probably liked to have seen Ari Bela come on a little or get a game, um, to, you know, to add something different at the ruck and the the speed of pass and things like that. But those girls did bring a massive amount of energy and go forward.
0: I think um, Liana McKeeley, too, may under a little bit of an injury cloud. She obviously came off early in that one with a wrist injury. But other than Liana, and we do hope she's OK and that she is able to play, do you think Wayne Smith and co. will roll out the same 15, the same 23?
2: I think they will. I don't think they're going to change that much. Um, although, you know, that, that bench that came on did, did ask some questions of but I mean, it's it's always easier to come off a bench because you're running off in pretty high emotion. Um, so, to put those girls into starting positions, not too sure that that's the answer either. Um, some of them showed fatigue, even though they came on late in the, you know, in the second half, they were showing fatigue. So, whether they can start a game and last the 40 minutes, that's probably a question that they'd be asking their, each other as coaches. So, I think it would be pretty close to what we've seen these last couple of games.
0: How are and, you? Oh, sorry, Liz.
2: No, no, yeah, I do think it will
0: be. I'm just wondering, as someone that has been there through through so much, I mean you talked about it, how are you feeling? Ahead of this final at Eden Park, New Zealand, England, it's like you couldn't have even dreamed about this, right? The hosts being in the final against the number one side in the world, it's sold out. We know there's going to be 40,000 people there. Um, Before the tournament started, we had you on and we asked you uh, what you would like to say to New Zealand. And everyone, you just wanted New Zealand to turn up. What would you like to say to them now and how are you feeling ahead of it?
2: I just I'm so excited um, and I mean this opportunity with Spark has, has allowed me to live the World Cup mm-hmm. in a very different way that I might have if I didn't take that opportunity so I'm very grateful for that mm-hmm. um, but I think this, the message is the same and what I'd be saying to New Zealanders you know it's a part of history. Yeah. You know, one day you are gonna look back on this moment and you are gonna be glad that you brought a ticket or you tuned in on TV, that you brought your, your children along to that game or celebrated it, that you made a poster for the Blacksburns or turned up at their hotel, that you liked something on Instagram or social media to get behind this World Cup. Like every little part that anyone can play and it doesn't mean just being at the stands or watching on T V. It might just be sharing a post or celebrating the girls or messaging them, that is playing a part in history and we have an opportunity this weekend, New Zealand, to show the world the potential in women's sport.
0: That is such a beautiful message, Les, uh, for an amazing co-pupper. Thank you so much for everything you do for women's rugby. And for those that aren't lucky enough to have secured a ticket already, you can watch Les and the rest of the Spark Sport crew this weekend. Uh, they'll be live, so make sure you do. Get out there and make history, watch history. This is, this is absolutely amazing. We thank you so much for your time, Les.
1: That was your Rugby World Cup preview. Every moment of every match. The Rugby World Cup, live and on demand on Spark Sport.
0: Well, this is a first on The Black Fern Show. Never, ever in the history of this programme have we had a double dose of someone, but she was that good last week that we've decided we have to bring her back. Yes, we're talking about LJ, Laura Jane Jones, the UK broadcaster, one of the best in the game who has her own podcast that she's been recording today, a try-hard podcast which you can jump online and find as well. Uh, This weekend she'll be a complete neutral since she's Welsh and not English for the Rugby
3: World Cup final. Great to have you back. It's great to be back. I feel like nobody else answered the phone and that's why I'm here. But I like the fact that you've kind of kicked it off as a a double dose and and I was the first on the list. So I'll take it, Kirsty. Absolutely.
0: You were the first on the list. I promise you that. Uh, But let's talk about the weekend first and foremost. I don't quite know where to start, but we'll start off with game one, England-Canada.
3: Did you see it coming down to that? Um, No, I didn't. But at the same time, I think it was quite clear early on that Canada had worked out how to unlock England and that's been the key and there are as much as you asked me last week are there chinks in their armour um, there are issues with that defence and I think we saw Canada do what we kind of thought that if anyone can build phases against them that's when they come unstuck defensively so I think that a I don't want to say a better team because that's unfair on Canada but maybe a fitter team um, would have would have beaten them on the day um, but Canada was, had opportunities to win that a number yeah. of times they were. It was fourteen against fifteen. Yeah, and and I think it's um, Canada will really rue the day that that they didn't come away from it with the victory because, mm. you know, like you said, they had ample opportunity. But it is that thing of it, it's sometimes with them it's that last pass or you know it's really simple handling errors or or you know somebody being offside at a ruck and and it's simple things. But I thought it was really interesting what the, what their coach said in the uh, in the post match press conference that they're a great example of a side that just need more test matches and, and you know it's something we've talked about lots whilst I've been over here is that there are what 10 England players who've played more test matches than the Blackfirs have total so I think what we're going to see by the time we get to 2025 is this is all going to be really skewed mm. we might not even see the same top four because which is fantastic which is fantastic and it's what it's what the sport needs but mm. WXV is going to herald the biggest improvement for for women's test rugby because it's going to mean more test matches
0: We'll talk about WXV and we'll talk about uh, this British and Irish Lions tour that could be coming to New Zealand next year um, Did you? When did you know that England had won? Because at times there, did you think in that final 10 minutes we're going to go to extra time here? I thought it was going to go to extra time and I
3: thought they were going to lose it if I'm honest. Mm. I, I was getting very concerned for my broadcasting career uh, because I thought that's it, England are out and To be honest, I think a lot of it, and I've just said this to uh, Ricky Swannell over lunch, is that I think it's top two inches for England. I think that there is a psychological issue in that camp. And I think they look, they're tangibly nervous. That's the concern for me. They were tangibly nervous going into a, a, a game against a side that they should have absolutely skyrocketed off of the pitch. And this weekend, they will go into a game even more nervous against a side that will really trouble them that will have 50,000 people behind them. It's going to be huge. It It is is
0: going to be massive this weekend. Um, As far as England go, we know that they've got such classy players, not just within this 23, but their entire squad. There's a few injury concerns though, right?
3: Yeah, it sounds like Hannah Bottoman is certainly out of the tournament from from what we're hearing, um, and she was in a knee brace on the weekend. Uh, Helena Rowlands, we're Mm. not sure about the... um, how serious that injury is but I would be very surprised having seen the way that she's repatriated from the pitch on the weekend that she's going to play any part in this Ellie Kildern is a quality replacement Holly Aitchison is is an incredibly underrated player um, it will be interesting to see what he does with the scrum half options obviously it was a risk to start both of them on the weekend it paid off Claudia McDonald's run to to put Abby down for that try was fantastic but if Lucy Packer isn't fit does he start two scrum halves or does he put Claudia McDonald on the bench and and weigh up his his wingers. The other thing as well is Claudine McDonald is a, a world class player. Mm. She was she's, outstanding. Yeah, she's outstanding. Try of the tournament. That Tri was the amazing. Tournament. Going forward, isn't yeah. she amazing? Yeah, in, in attack, fantastic. But, there and are she hasn't defensive even frailties, but for there are, a few weeks, but there's defensive frailties there, and that would be my concern. And I would, if I was, you know, as we say, I've got neutrality here, mm. but I would be very inclined to bring Lydia Thompson back in just because of what you're defending, and you don't want to go into a game with any kind of negativity. But I think that's something that he will be... Or You, you have d- you to think, think about it, don't consider, you? Yeah. You have
0: to think about it. He's a smart
3: coach. Yeah. He will, he will be thinking about all of this stuff. And, and I think the other thing as well is that there was, um, for me, uh, a kind of change in pace and a change in tempo when Poppy Cleal came on. Mm. But the reality is, is Simon going to drop Sarah Hunter? You know, she is the out-and-out cap record holder in, in women's rugby now. She's the England cap record holder. He's not going to drop her, is he? No way. It's the final. You can't. Yeah. So. I think it's very interesting how he approaches this. And I think that England fans will be far more nervous going into this weekend than the supposed underdogs. They the are Black the underdogs.
0: <laughs> they are the underdogs. But when you talk about some of the greatest players, Sarah Hunter's obviously in that conversation. Uh, before we dismiss Canada completely, Sophie DeGoody has to be one
3: of the players of the tournament, right? And who else would be in that conversation after five weeks? Uh, I think it's really I think Sophie DeGoody, not just one of the players of the tournament, but what an amazing kind of. Uh, icon for this game that we've got and and she's still so young how is she 23 i know and, and it's, it's one of not these fear things. no it isn't and she's and she's cool and she's calm she's, and she's so collected cool. but she's also quality on the pitch yeah and and, and speaks so well and, and looks the part and obviously we've got this amazing heritage of her, her mum was a canada captain it's B- and, story yeah and and that's all really good but that you know that also when we're talking about how we are trying to appeal to this wider audience mm. and, and you know we've had all this conversation the past couple of weeks about names on backs of jerseys for the women's game especially, I think that's going to be even more important. And I was talking to Dame Julie Christie about this and how we have to pin things to individuals as opposed to the collective and she's the kind of person that's going to take us ahead with that. It's really interesting when we talk about standout players at the tournament. I don't know. I feel like maybe it's because we've existed in this bubble here in New Zealand, but for me, it's been Ruby, Ruby, Ruby and, and, and Porsche all the way. So I don't know if we've necessarily unearthed people that have shocked us and surprised mm. us. Um... But then I, sometimes I think it's because I live in this echo chamber of women's rugby anyway, and they're people that I would expect it to, to be special. I think Ragoni's. Sweets, her lollies as you guys call them in yeah. her socks may be the most iconic thing about this world cup
0: also another great player another great player loved but, the way
3: italy played but you know for us in the northern hemisphere she was absolutely superb in the six so nations this year. So, it yeah we and, don't often see it yeah and i think you know i, I touched on already i know you want to talk about it some more i'm sure but with wxv that's what we're going to get to see and i think that's what's been really interesting for me with having spoken to blackfinals girls about playing wales twice for them okay they've played them twice Mm. but that's you know they haven't played them for years you know not even in the last world cup so whilst if that was england coming up against the same side from the northern hemisphere twice there'd be no novelty to it but for the blackbirds having played sides they wouldn't play normally it's been special
0: okay one more thing about
3: the weekend (laughs) last
0: week when you came in you said that france would push new zealand which they did they were one kick away from upsetting the hosts at that tournament i mean you called it didn't you
3: yeah, I'd, oh, God, I don't want to feel smug about that because I my heart rate still has not returned to normal after that one. It mm. was um, obscene. It was game. great. What I loved is it was that great. My, my dad you know, has watched the Women's World Cup because of me. He hasn't watched it because he's had any real interest in it. I mean, he does now. And I know that he'll be up and ready to watch the final on the weekend. But what I loved is that um, yesterday... When, you know, test matches were still taking place in the Autumn Nations series back at home. And he said to me, after the France-Australia game, the game of the weekend has been france Blackfins. And wow, what a test match. A game for the ages. Um, I still don't know how France came away from that without the win. I know. Everyone <coughs> thought in that final 20 seconds, like literally the whole nation, the whole country thought, we've lost it here. Well, I wonder how many people didn't see it because I wonder how many people yeah. got up and thought I can't watch this because it was a sitter
0: we were talking in the office earlier and people that went along to the game said
3: they jumped up and left yeah well and then now then they heard the crowd roar it was well I don't think I actually looked I think I kind of turned away just because I was like you're in shock in that moment yeah aren't because you? also you don't want you don't want a game to be won or lost like that anyway but as much as I feel like if it had been won like that, it would have been the worst possible moment for this World Cup. It would have just been the most heartbreaking thing for home fans, for home players. I don't know. It was But just... look at what
0: it's done now. <sighs> Literally 10 minutes after that final whistle when the fans had made it through, the website crashed. You couldn't get tickets.
3: Well, apparently in the... In the first ten minutes, there were five thousand tickets in baskets Amazing. on the website. Amazing! because people were so desperate. And you know, I know that World Rugby People want to be yet... part of it now. Yeah, and I know they haven't yet confirmed it, but the game is a sellout. We know that because you can't buy a ticket on the yeah. website. You know, they're I was, bringing I... in more seats though. Well, which is great. Steph It'll Fox. Steph, Steph Fox was messaging, mes- messaging me yesterday, a former Blackfyre, saying I can't get a ticket. Like they, as much as like, oh god, if anyone has got a ticket, please message Steph and tell you you've got one. But at the same time, that that's the story. They had we come want. by. Yeah, you know they're. <laughs> They're rocking horse poo, as we call them at home. So, yeah, it's um, it's special and it feels... But my concern is that had the Black Ferns lost, what would this final have looked like this weekend? So we can celebrate it and we can be really excited Mm. about it, but we have to look at it in the wider context of, has this World Cup made the progress that we wanted it to? Are we there yet? Are we kind of clinging on to the fact that the Black Ferns made the final? This is the final that we would have wanted on paper, and now again, we have that conversation about who do we want to win it in terms of the context of the wider women's game. If you separate, you know, any allegiances to teams and players and stuff like that, well, you've got two professional teams in the final, don't you? Two of the best sides in the world have made the final. But there's professional and professional for me, Kirsty, and that's the problem. Mm. And I, you know, I heard uh, another Kiwi journalist speaking this morning about it, and I know that Ali Donnelly, uh, who heads up Scrum Queens, had, had written a piece about it. But it's the way that these two unions have funded their professional game, and I think. You can't lose sight of the fact that Canada was superb last weekend because of how many of those players play in the premiership and and how many of those teams have been improved because players have played in the premiership. And the way that the RFU have funded the game has to be the model that other unions look at. It's from the ground up. And that's what's that's why England have got so much resource in terms of how how did they pick a squad most of those countries are trying to get 32 team 32 players together to form a squad with England they left people at home I know New Zealand left key players out but in terms of the way that the RFU have funded the game the girls are getting paid considerably less than Blackburn's players considerably half of what mm. Blackburn's players get paid the top top funded players but the league is where the RFU have decided okay this is where we have to push the money and that's I don't want people to lose sight of that after this weekend. I don't want unions to be able to look at it and say, well, it hasn't bought them the World Cup. Because whilst it might not have bought them the World Cup if they don't get the result on the weekend, I do think that the way that England are rising, they're bringing people up with them. And that's been really important this year.
0: This entire World Cup, I mean, you've mentioned it, was this transformation for the women's game across the world. Uh, last week, New Zealand Rugby announced that they'd been in talks uh, about bringing a British and Irish Lions women's tour to New Zealand. What do you think of this idea? And is it going to happen? Um,
3: what non-English players are in that team? I mean that with all due respect. What non-English players are in that team? I mean, you know them a lot better than well, we do, right? Yeah, for me. Like, do they make it? In a squad of... It, what are you bringing over? 32? Alicia more? Butchers would be a player in that team for me. Gets injured in the first game at this World Cup, so I'm still crying about that. But there wouldn't be many. There's not many players across. So it's just an English tour yeah, of New uh, Zealand. And, you know, I think that's a mark of where, you know, obviously Wales got to the quarterfinals. And that's because we had a quarter final stage that we wouldn't have normally. There's not many players outside of outside of that English team who are... I can't see who's challenging those England players. That's the difficulty. Like there's, You know, if you if you go position for position, is the best person in that position an England player all the time? And unfortunately, at, at this point in time... But I guess, I guess it it's a start, isn't it?
0: If you start this tour and it's every four years and it reciprocates what they do in the men's, in four
3: or eight years' time there will be... Um, but why, why should we mirror the men's? I don't want to see... I, do you know what I want to see? I want to see Northern Hemisphere versus Southern Hemisphere. It's happening. So this woman's XV, this is what's going to happen, right? Do you want to tell us more about this concept? Well... Women's XV, which I've got a massive problem with because XV is fifteen. Please, can we call it Women's Fifteen? World Rugby, I beg you. What does XV mean? It doesn't stand for anything. It's not an acronym. Let's just call it Fifteen. But the The new competition, the Women's (laughs) Fifteen. Though we're going to get told off by (laughs) World Rugby for that. We're renaming it, guys. Um, The new competition is going to see more test matches. Fundamentally, that's the big thing. We're going to see more rugby. And and you know, I touched on the fact that there are England players who have got more caps than than the Black Ferns have had test matches that is a stark statistic but it also if you look at how many games have been played between world cups i think australia have played like eight test matches yeah. if not less whereas you know the the big six in the northern hemisphere those six nations teams are getting a six nations competition every year and then a set of autumn internationals where south africa might come up or wales and scotland might play each other in in that period as well so the key thing, and I think that's the big takeaway from this World Cup, is that teams need more test matches. It's, it can't just be on the unions to fund players and to pay players as professionals. They've got to just play, and you know. But it's going to that... happen, right? With the women's fifteen, you'll have the Six Nations, and then you'll have the Pacific Four, which yeah. is turning into a Pacific Six tournament, I believe. But when I say Northern Hemisphere versus Southern Hemisphere, I don't mean the winner of each. I mean I want you to want see a full competition. No, I want to see a barbarian side of those. I want to see English and French players on the same team because that's when we're going to see a mixture of teams. Mm. And I want to see... That would be great. Yeah, I want to see, you know... A bit of Fijian flair pushed in with that that black fin side. I and love
0: the Fijian flair. Yeah. Two
3: other favourite teams of this tournament were Fiji and Italy. Oh, Fiji. Wow. What, what a debut at a World Cup.
0: you imagine what they're going to be like in four years' time if they get resources? Three and years' time. We haven't got long to wait for three this. Years, three years. Hopefully
3: they do get some resources pumped into them. Well, I think what's been really interesting with them is, you know, I'm a huge supporter of the Sevens game and it's been tangible what a medal at the olympics has mm. meant for fiji rugby and and kind of how that's pushed women's rugby as a collective ahead there in fiji and and you know there were a number of girls who were fiji sevens players who'd come across to play 15 so that shows the impact of olympic rugby and there are lots of naysayers for sevens but in terms of the global game, if we're talking about new territories and non-traditional rugby audiences, it's the only way we're going to bring them up is getting them interested in sevens and, and building from there. We're running out of time
0: uh, because you're the most phenomenal talker. LJ, Laura Jane Jones, we are speaking to. But just finally, um, what is your prediction for the weekend? The new, the neutral oh. voice, the voice of reason we are listening to here. She doesn't have affiliations to either team, New Zealand, England, Eden Park, 40,000
3: plus there. Majority of those for New Zealand. Oh, uh, screaming majority. You say voice of reason. The problem is I'm the voice of romance. And, and, you know, this is like, as a Wales fan, I can be a negative all week and then it gets to Friday and I say, no, we're probably going to turn him over tomorrow. Every year when we play England. I, I'm going to go... Head and heart. uh,
0: They can be saying different things. But from what you've seen... I'm going Black,
3: Black I'm going Black I'm going Black You don't think England will handle the pressure in the crowd? Oh, I don't know if it's pressure and crowd. It's uh, it's internal pressure. It's um, it's kind of mood in camp and my perception of that. That's you know that's me indirectly having a, a say on what my perception of mood in camp is. At this point, having spoken to Black Ferns whilst in camp post match on the weekend they're calm they're collected That's so relaxed so it was relaxed.
0: amazing how when they came out of the tunnel and they're just laughing and joking around it's it did not seem like they were lining up for a semi-final at a rugby world yeah, cup. it's amazing
3: the vibe that they've got going and, on. and they've both got different types of pressure and i was speaking to a friend of mine earlier on joe burns and rugby commentator he did the uh, qualifier in dubai over the weekend and he said you know pressure makes diamonds But pressure also bursts pipes. So which one are going to be the burst pipes and which one are going to be the diamonds? And at this point for me, the Black Ferns are going to be the sparkling gems on Saturday evening at Eden Park.
0: Thank you very much. Laura Jane Jones, great to have you back in studio with us for the Black Ferns show. Thanks for having me. Welcome back into the Black Fern Show. Well, truly, we've seen some of the best rugby I've ever watched in my entire life. Uh, every game has just been on another level. It has been a, a display like we've never seen before. It has been so cool seeing so many of these women just at the absolute pinnacle Uh, of their careers so I've decided to put together my top tries for the weekend we already know that the women's game is so great to watch some would say better than the men's game and I do think that is true the time the ball is in play is just so much longer it is so fast these women are so fit and they are very skillful as well so I'm going to count down the top three tries of the weekend starting off with Canada's loose forward Karen Paquin
1: Peltier, Peltier, stealing metres, Peltier now towing ahead and look at the chase coming. Parkwind, Parkwind, oh yeah! How do you like that for a reply?
0: Yes, it was a sensational try, but that was just pure grit and determination from Karen. Uh, For the Canadian side, they will be playing for bronze this weekend for third and fourth up against the French in number two try number two yes i'm going with the black ferns not because i'm biased or anything but this try by ruby tui set up by renee holmes was a beauty
1: this time new zealand will clear away from that breakdown ball out the back for demand holmes into the line the kiwi fall again goes hard into the ground for tui and flea to chase tui bearing down on Bullard. oh there's a juggle and tui's in for new zealand she stayed in
3: the fight, they're going to check, but looks as if till he may have
0: scored. Okay, and if you think that was good, which it was, there was an even greater one. Yes, my number one this week goes to the English Red Roses. This was a length of the field try. One of those tries for the, from the end of the earth, it was sensational to Abby Dowell. <laughs>
1: Canada blink first and England will run it from behind their own try line and there's room as well tied bodies in the backfield away they come England McDonald through the middle dredged it and Donald cross to the right the race is on for the line England from behind their own try line don't tell me they're taking it they can't they will
0: And that is my top three tries of the weekend from the semi-finals. Coming up next, we catch up with a Black Ferns legend who's been there, done it all before, Regina Sheck.
3: I do my hair tall, check my nails.
0: This is the Black Fern Show on SENZ. Every week, you know, we try and get Black Ferns legend on. And I'm so excited for our next guest today, Regina Sheck, Black Fern number 58. She grew up in Tokoroa and was a member of the 1998 and 2002 Women's Rugby World Cup winning sides as part of the Black Ferns. She's a former police officer and now works as a community youth worker and mentor for Blue Light out of the Manurewa branch. Regina, welcome into the programme. Thank you so much for giving up your time.
1: Thanks, Kirsty. Thanks for having me on.
0: Now, as a former Black Fern, have you also had a million people in the last two days asking you if you can get them tickets to the game this weekend?
1: Actually, I have. I've been in London with a few requests this morning. I'm thinking, golly, I don't have any contacts. i just managed to get my own tickets. <laughs>
0: What have you thought of the rugby world cup so far? We've had five weeks of action, and it's down to the final two: the Black Ferns, England, this weekend at Eden Park. What have you thought of the whole world cup?
1: I think the the whole, the whole um, tournament's been amazing. Like with all the all the games, you know, not just the top tier, but even the lower tier tier nations. You know, big games, big games have been been tight and, and great and good to see and, and the quality of rugby you know and, that, and that's a, and I think that's the difference is that um, you know a lot of a lot of um, people that don't follow women's rugby or you know don't support it you know I think they'll be quietly surprised at, at the school, the skill level of um, all the players you know across the board whether they you know the, the professional teams or the non-professional teams you know children are just out there playing rugby because they love they love rugby
0: the rugby has certainly been phenomenal, but the support behind the tournament and these teams has also been something quite special. I feel like it's, it's something we really haven't seen in sport in New Zealand, the way that the community's got behind this team. You've managed to get along to a couple of games. What was that actually like? What was it like sitting in that crowd amongst the poi and, and the fano?
1: Yeah, no, it's amazing and amazing atmosphere. You know, I've been to a few, you know, world cups, obviously as a player, but also with the men's world cups and, and, um, you know, the atmosphere is just the same because you've got, you've got people there that are passionate about rugby, but the fact that they're passionate about women's rugby makes it even more special. You know, so it's not just the, the family and friends that usually come up and support, you know, the teams. It's, it's the family, friends, but also the wider community that are actually getting in there and just supporting, mm. supporting the game and then supporting us, you know, supporting the Black Ferns. And supporting the tournament, so it's great to see and you know just the excitement in the crowd and you know the the entertainment that they've got around the stadium and mm. you know just making it family family friendly but also family affordable and I think that's the biggest thing you know Absolutely. making it affordable so our kids our families can take their kids you know a whole a whole day out sort of thing mm. and with them having all the games on the same day makes it even better you know so I think they've done really well how they've how they've up this
0: tournament, you know. Yes, it's been very well thought out, hasn't it? If we look back to yeah. a couple of those tournaments that you were part of, 98 and 02, what were they like um, in comparison to what we're seeing here today? And can you believe, like, where we've come, you know, selling out Eden Park?
1: I know, like, <laughs> I remember when we were leaving together the 98 World Cup, we are at the airport and, um, you know, there was no media interest at all. There's probably one journalist there, there was probably a junior that was sent to go and cover it. And then um, you know, you go over to over to um what are we? Amsterdam was that our first one. But um, you know, but even there because people did gonna know that they had a World Cup going on there either, you know, like they were wondering what we were there for and they we were telling them that we we're there for rugby and a lot of them gonna know rugby obviously, because it's not a rugby country. Mm. You know, but um you know but our support was was just the with our family and friends, you know, all the different teams had to be family and friends, they were the ones in the crowd. But um, you know, to see how it's how it's evolved over the years has been, you know, like <laughs> I was excited being there as a fan yeah. on um on the weekend. You know, even though even though, you know, I've worn that jersey before, but you know, I was just there as a fan of the black friends, you know. And that, that, that's that's the exciting thing about it. But yeah. So you know, it's good good to see how it's evolved. Yeah. But um, you know, at the end of the day, if there wasn't any media around or you know it wasn't being televised, it's felt that the the um the content that you're getting now, the quality that you're getting, it wouldn't it wouldn't change.
0: Yeah. We often hear uh, the Black Ferns speak about standing on the shoulders of those that have gone before us. This amazing legacy that our Black Ferns have, the team that you've been a part of, the team that you are a part of. So can you give us some sort of indication of what our team has been through to get to this point? I mean, you talk about turning up and there was no media interest. You would have also been fundraising to get to where you went to for the World Cups, you know?
1: No we were quite I was quite fortunate Um, The the World Cup That we went to So we were um, So New Zealand Rugby Was Had supported um, Mm. Women's Rugby The New Zealand Women's Team So our first tour Was in 94 When when, um, The the second World Cup Mm. So they Because it wasn't sanctioned New Zealand Rugby Wasn't sending us there So they They sent us On a tour to Australia So that was when We had the support Behind the New Zealand Rugby union. so my uh, my tenure in the black jersey, um, you know, we were funded by New Zealand Rugby and we had a daily allowance. Although, you know, I think I think up the first the first summer it was fifteen dollars a day, but you know, better than nothing. We could really could <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, well, exactly. And like and then we go and, and like when we went to the first World Cup um, in ninety eight. And, you know, you've you heard things in Kazakhstan and they just had one set of uniform for the whole tournament, you know. Yeah. And then you're playing against um, Germany and, and, you know, the four girls that didn't play against us, they were crying because they didn't get to face the Black teams because you could only name twenty, twenty two back then. And then you had the American team, like, you know, they had to try, pay out of their own pocket to get to, you know, their, their training camps and, and, you know, to their base. So... You know, we were quite fortunate, even though people were saying, oh, you know, the All Blacks get this, the All Blacks get that. But, you know, we were getting more than what a lot of these other countries were getting. So, you know, just really grateful, just really, really grateful. So, you know, to see how, how it's how it's growing now and how the girls are being, um, you know, compensated for giving up that time and making those sacrifices. So, you know, and, and good on them. But, you know, we, we we would have done it for nothing, you know, and even if we had to pay for it, you know, we would have done everything we could. Because we just love playing the game, and, and to you know have an opportunity to wear that, to wear the, wear the black jersey, and you know to represent your country, wearing the silver fern, and you know you're not just doing it for yourself. You're, you're doing it for your family. You're doing it for your rugby club. You're doing it for all the people that have supported you, and you know helped you out. And you know I'd my daughter as well. So you know I'd I people looking after you. My parents are looking after you, and you know I had to make some sacrifices with her you know, for my. Rugby career, but you know you get small effects, small sacrifices for the bigger gain, and yeah. you know you can't really, um, you know, once once you have that achievement, you can't. No one, no one, one, one can take that away from you, you know. Exactly. But it is hard work, and it is a struggle. But it's like anything you choose to do in life. If you want to, you know, do well at something, then you got to make those sacrifices, and you got to put them in the hard yards. So, you know, whether you get support for it or not.
0: Mm. I think that's it's such an important point that you make. We're so lucky to be speaking to Regina Sheik here. Before we let you go, Regina, I'm I'm so curious where you think the game is heading. after all this exposure after all this coverage on a global stage, not just on a New Zealand stage, and, and what we've witnessed over the last five weeks and the coming week, what do you think this will do to the game?
1: Well I think it, I think it should only get better. For the women's game, world, world um, across the world, so you know, world rugby has to really take a look and at, at the um, at the game and how how well it's been, you know, the showcase that's been put on here in New Zealand, mm. and you know, they've got to really get behind and support it because you know, it would be really, really disappointing if if it did, you know, fall over after after this tournament, you know, you can't just you can't just wait every four years. Mm to run it is an amazing thing. You know, they they should be putting things in place. You know, just making things a bit more um, easier and accessible for the lower nations, like the Tier Two teams. You know, I mean, you, you get the same. You know, in the men's rugby, but um, you know, it can only it should only get better. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, what does world rugby want to do about it? You know, and I think I think New Zealand rugby, you know, I don't think they're going to drop the ball. After, after this tournament and it'll be disappointing if they did but you know we've just got to have things in place um, the development of the game in New Zealand mm. needs to be better needs to be stronger because once they get to those provincial teams and you know to the international team uh, to the national team you know you shouldn't have to be teaching girls how to pass both ways or you know you shouldn't have to be teaching them about you know, nutrition or that sort of stuff that should all be you know what they should be getting right from the start whether it be at grassroots or, or at club. That's right. But at the end of the day, you know, you only you're, you're developing a person using rugby as a source. Mm. So you know, that, 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 that's how I look at it. That's how I. Do, that's how I have my philosophy with my country. You know, all the players that I coach, I'm developing them as a person, but using rugby as the avenues because that's you know that's what what they've chosen to do. But it's the same thing. You know, if you want to do well at rugby, you've got to do the same things if you want to do well in your workplace, or if you want to do well in you know, whatever whatever it is you choose to do, it's the same work ethic. Mm. You gotta have the same you know, the same values and the same you know, sacrifice. Make the same sacrifices, but at the end of the day, you got to put it in the hard yards, and there's only one person that can do that.
0: That's right, absolutely. And that's
1: yourself, yeah. <laughs>
0: Regina, it's been awesome having you come on the show and talk about this co-papa, our amazing wahine tour. Thank you so much for everything that you've done for the Black Ferns, for that Black Ferns jersey and everything you continue to do uh, in the rugby space. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. And enjoy the final week of the Rugby World Cup. Let's hope there's a lot more to come.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you, Kirsty.
0: Yes, that is all we have time for today. What an amazing show. Thank you so much once again to our guests, Regina Shek, you are outstanding, Les Alder and Laura Jane Jones as well for coming on the Blackfin Show, for giving up your time. It has been so great talking to you today. That is a wrap for this week, but we'll be back next week. Make sure you're part of history. As Les says, this is history in the making. New Zealand taking on England in the Rugby World Cup final this Saturday at Eden Park. If you haven't managed to get tickets, watch it live on Spark Sport. Thank you so much for joining us and have a great night. We'll see you in a week's time.